Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. Shout out to Scott Sports, a longtime partner of mine and supporter of the podcast for making this episode possible. Obviously, as a sponsored athlete, I only have good things to say about the product. But if there's one product I'd push regardless, it would be the Scott Stego Plus helmet. I spent a lot of time on many different bikes, from riding trail to enduro to the occasional XC rip. What's cool is having a helmet that works in all those situations. And for me, the Scott Stego Plus is just that. Fit is great, looks super good, and keeps me safe on the variety of terrain that I do ride. Hello world, how's it going? Welcome back. This is Moving the Needle Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Nietling. But thank goodness I've got an awesome guest. So thanks to everyone that's been subscribing, leaving reviews, commenting on my Instagram, giving listener questions. Whenever you have a question for a guest or for the show, yeah, let me know. Now let's move on. Obviously, I'm a mountain bike fan. That's what I used to do. So most of the guests are mountain bikers, potentially downhillers. Now I've got royalty with me today. Unfortunately, she's injured. We will jump into some of that. That's why she's got the time in a race season to come say hello to you guys and to me. It's a former junior world champion, a World Cup overall downhill champ. It's none other than Marine Kabaru. I hope I've uh, pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, of course. Well, well, uh, it's not the best circumstances, but I've already seen the smile that I'm going to ask about. Even though, shame, you're not at the races at the moment. You're dealing with another really tough injury and, and setback you you still seem to always have a smile on your face yeah of course i'm not racing this this week because i'm injured and i broken three three vertebrae in leo gang so yeah i try to keep my smile <laughs> but even with your social media you sort of have poked fun at your back brace the carbon and then sort of teasing with the fans so interacting nicely on social media even though it must be pretty tough. You've had a few biggish injuries, I would say, over the last two race seasons and in the middle of the season as well and leading up to the 2022 season. Yeah, of course, I have a, already a big injury last year with my crash in Leger and this year again with my crash in Leogang. So it's not easy to, to do with injury during the middle of the race season, but it's, like, it's part of the game, so we don't really have choice. So what have you been up to? Is uh, Have you finished Netflix? Is there anything you can watch on Netflix still? Or is, it, uh, <laughs> is there still some shows out there? What can you recommend me to watch? <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of time on Netflix or, or on the beach, actually, because it's the summer. So I, I'm at home. I, I enjoy the summer with my family and friends. I don't have the time to do that normally because we travel and racing a lot. So it's good to be home for, for the summer. Yeah, that's lovely. So, um, and speaking of family, um, reading up a bit, uh, your brother got you into riding? I mean, a lot of the show is to understand where the riders came from or where the athletes come from, why they got successful and maybe to help others. But for you, when did it start and how does it start? Because, you know, it's not maybe that popular for, for ladies to get into downhill mountain biking. 
Yes, of course, the need for the girl is always complicated to go or to start. But for me, luckily, I have my brother riding already down it. And he pushed me a little bit. He come me riding with him. So that tell me a lot to grow and train out. He explained me a lot of things. And yeah, it was good to share his, the bike and his passion with him. And how old were you when you started downhill, do you remember? Or like going to a downhill race? I have around 10 years old. So Whoa. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> I start with a bit of all the discipline, with some little competition for, for young gun where we do everything. It was cool. And uh, after I chose the downhill. And in France, it is, I think, a key to why the French are so good all round and dominant is, from what I understand, is as a youngster, as a junior, you have to be part of a club and then you have to do all the disciplines which you mentioned, and then maybe later you pick. I've spoken to Loic about this. Is that is that the case? You do trials, XE, downhill, road? Yeah, exactly. I do everything. I do trial, cross-country, downhill, everything. And yeah, we do all the stuff in the competition and everything. And after, we choose only one discipline when we start to be junior. And yes, I think it's good to be polyvalent, to be good on, on downhill. So Daniel's clearly your favorite, was mine as well. And my brother really didn't like cross country or anything. So he just wanted to do downhill. <laughs> I still did XE as a junior. But for you, what was your least favorite discipline of mountain biking or cycling that you liked, you didn't like? Of course, I love the downhill because it's my favorite. And after, I like also the trial the tri when I was super young. And I don't especially like cross country. <laughs> <laughs> but you train hard, but you didn't like the uphills or like the the, the, yeah, the suffering I don't really you need like to do. Uphill. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much suffering for me when I uphill. <laughs> yeah, but the ironic thing is now, I mean, to be a, a World Cup champion and a former junior world champion, I mean the. The training and the suffering is as hard. It's just different. You know, there's intervals, there's gym. Uh, you know, it's six, seven days a week that you've got to be focused and, and, and suffering in your training so that you can perform. Yes, of course, it's a bit different now because uh, I train every day and I ride a lot on my road bike. And before I don't like it, but now I use it most of the time. So now it's okay. It's a bit better when I now before. When I was young, it was more complicated to go out and just train, ride on a ride bike. It was I was more riding for fun when I was young, but now it's okay. I, I, I'm good with a road bike and everything, so it's cool to train and do some intensity and it's more values. Do you remember a time, did you beat your brother in a downhill race? <laughs> no, I'm not sure I beat my brother one day because it's always faster than me, maybe except when he's crashed or, or have a puncture or stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still riding and racing? Yeah, but now he's just riding like a privateer and he and he do only the World Cup he really like, not all the all the circuit. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, that's fascinating because obviously I had a younger brother, so they we pushed each other and it seems similar to the Athertons, you know, Rachel had the brothers to always ride behind and, and it seems to give you a good advantage. Tane is probably similar riding with with the guys. What um was there a time when you realized or maybe your family realized that you could be a professional downer? Like when does that 
start for you? When does that goal sort of come into your mind? I think at the beginning, I don't realize I can be professional. I do that only for fun because I really like it. And yeah, it was good to do it with my brother and with my friend at home. It was really like a passion. And after when I growing up and I do some good results, like junior world champion and winning the overall in junior, I start to be more like, oh, okay, I run really to do that. And yeah, I start to be professional. So it was really amazing for me. And as a French rider, and some of the listeners may know the names, but and Caroline Chasson, one of the, I mean, I kind of feel the goat of downhill. Rachel's, I need to look at the stats, um, but a different era, right? Is that someone you looked up to? And Caro, Nico's for yours, like the real history of French downhill. Yes, of course, they are really like legend for me. They, since I'm young, I always looking back, looking at you know, like. Uh, like Ancaro or Nico Buyos, yes, they are really amazing people. And yeah, it's always motivating to see some good French guy riding like this and winning a lot of titles. So yeah, I think it's a good inspiration for me. Yeah, I mean, there was something about that era. Did you have posters of her on your wall or anything? Or was who who were your idols growing up? Was it mountain biking? Was it other sports? Was it something else? Like if you think back when you were a teenager. <laughs> yes, for sure. I have a lot of posters in my room when I was a teenager. And yeah, for sure, it was a mountain biker on my, on my poster. <laughs> yeah, when I went to World Champs when I was a junior, but we could go three times. So I think I was still 15 because it was like early so Olympic year. So it was in June in Sierra Nevada. And um from South Africa, it's tough to get, you know, product. So I um, asked for a lot of famous guys' goggles, John Tomac, Michael Ronning, some really cool things. But before that, I don't know if you know the name Sean Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the cool American badass from snowboarding and stuff. So me and a friend, he raced in 1998. So I was similar age to you, a little bit older when you started. I was probably 12 or 13. And we were so excited and, you know, he said, can we have your goggles? And then my friend said, can we have your shirt? And he, he finished the race and he was so cool. So he took his, his race top off his back <laughs> and then he gave it to me. And then my friend looked and he's like, and he said, oh, do you want my pants? Or my friend just cheekily asked. So he left just in his Daynisi riding <laughs> gear because we were such super fans um, so at, cool. at these races. Yeah. But you seem to still be sort of as excited, I would think, as a youngster when you're at the races. I mean, you're obviously professional, and I've, I've seen you in the Scott Pits. Very methodical, professional about your approach. You've got a great team around you, um, support. But you still seem to be trying to keep the fun uh, through a very stressful sport. You know, downhill is stressful. You've only got one chance to, to have your race run. Yes, of course, Downhill, I think it's a really mental sport. You need to be really focused and don't be, really stay on your, bu on your bubble and don't be perturbed by all the stuff around. Yeah, I think I have a really good support with the Scott team and Scott do a really good work on the bike. My mechanic is also amazing. He did a lot of stuff for me. We have a really good support on the team and I think we have a good work and that's really important to find some some stuff where you where you feel good to be to riding and to be safe and to have a good anchor romance, I think, to, to be ready to race. 
And what what does it look like to have a good mental space? What what I mean, what how do you look at a race run or or these these weekends, you know? I think it's never easy to have a good mental space, especially for me actually because I have a lot of injuries last year. So it's not easy to come back and say okay, I'm fine because I I know I'm not ready after the comeback. I, I wasn't at 100%, but yeah, it's long to come back. And yeah, mental, it's always complicated to to be ready. And do you look at social media? Do you look at uh, practice videos? What sort of input do you allow or are happy with doing a race weekend? Yeah, during the race week, I, I check a bit the social media at the, the first day of the race to see the different line of everyone or stuff like this. But after, during the race day, I don't check my phone. I don't want to see it. And I just want to stay on my bubble. Really? Yeah, we would have a rule like suspension set up up until a certain time. And for sure, line choice up until a certain time, we'd look at outside influence. So you, you ve- you're quite strict with that. You think that's very important to block out outside input uh, once you've maybe made your plan. Yes, I think it's good to stay a bit outside of the social media sometimes because you really need to stay focused on the race and on your own stuff and not not especially look at, at the other or what they are doing or stuff like this because it's a bit complicated sometimes to choose or it's yeah, I think sometimes it's better to stay focused on yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's easier said than done because sometimes you hear about a line or, I mean, you must hear, oh, Miriam's going fast or Cammy looks good in the steep, muddy section or something, you know? Yeah. yeah, sometimes you hear a lot about the other and you don't want to have doubt, so you you want to stay focused and say, okay, I'm on the good line, I'm, I know how I'm doing, I know how to ride it. So just stay focused on yourself and don't think a bit too much about the other thing and other stuff. But sometimes it's good to be inspired by the other and try some new line, but sometimes you just prefer your own line. Yeah, and um, shucks, I mean, you, you're still very young in the sport and, and dealing with some injuries, but I mean, you've had some incredible results. And I mean, did you dream as a kid that you would call yourself the world cup overall champion did you know what do you like with goal setting you know dreams how, how did how does that look and, and how does it feel to to be able to say you have done that already in your young career yes of course it's always a dream when you kid to see the world cup of world champion and stuff like this so yeah i was i was i really want to do that when i was you now i did it so it's really amazing for me it was like a dream when i did it so now I did I did that one time I want to do it again so that's the most complicated part now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sometimes say the first title, the first win is easy. But speaking of that, your first win, if I've got my facts correct, came and then you won the next two after that. You did three World Cups in a row. The 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 facts I looked up. I mean, speaking yeah. of yeah, it's hard. It's easy to get the first one, but hard to get the second one. When you just did three in a row, so talk yeah. talk a little bit about that time in your racing. Twenty nineteen. I made the note somewhere. Yeah, it was in twenty nineteen when I were, when I win my first World Cup in it was in Val di Sole, and yeah, it was a bit complicated for me the 
beginning of the season was not super good and I was, I think, a bit too focused on winning a race because I never win a World Cup. So I was a bit perturbed in my head and not so focused on the just have fun, enjoy my, my ride, my bike and stuff like this. So when I arrived in Val d'Isola, I said, OK, I don't want to think about the win. I just want to, to ride how I know and just enjoy. And yeah, after it was a really good week for me. Everything was perfect and I just win the race. So it was amazing. And after I think I was a, on a really good mood and I tried to keep on this, on, to stay on this, on this atmosphere and stuff like this and just ride for fun and enjoy every time I ride. And yeah, after I ran three in a row. So it was pretty amazing for me. Yeah, and, and, and the next race and the, and the third one, I mean, was it quite surreal feeling? Like, take me back to, uh, to winning the second one. And then did you think about winning a third one? I mean, what is it? What's going through your mind? Yeah, winning a second one just after was just amazing. I said, no way. I win again. So, yeah, it's totally incredible for me. But I feel so, so good on my bike and just happy and I just enjoy the life and continue to ride like this and yeah after I arrive, we arrive at the third one I think it was a World Cup final in Snowshoe in 2019 and I feel good on my bike again and I just try to ride and I have nothing to lose for the overall because I was second and if I were to have a chance to win the overall I, I, have, I needed to win these races so I just try to ride like I, like I know, and after we will see for the overall. And I finish, I win the race, but I finish second of the overall, so it was good for me also. Yeah, I looked at the results, and I was like, how did you not win the overall? It must have been so close, because you won the podium, like all the events, three in a row. I'm like, jeez, that was a, it was an exciting, exciting season for sure. Yes, of course, it was a really good battle with Stress Cities, yeah, and it was really amazing to race be, be, yes, with, with her, and it was so cool. Yeah, what was it, uh, who, who's been your toughest competitor? Who, who do you sort of have a rivalry with, or, or what's it like? I can't say only one people, because I think now the level on the girl field, it's really amazing. On every race, it's a new winner this year, so it's just amazing to see that. And it's good to compete with all those girls like Camille, Miriam, Tane, Vali, Nina. Everything is super fast now, and it's cool to see also Rachel back racing. So hope she will come back next year, and that will be amazing. Yeah, is that the, that the feeling? Even though you know she'll be a tough competitor once she's fit and, and, and really wants it again. But it seems like all the ladies are so welcoming for someone like that to be back in the sport. Why do you think that is? Yes, I think to, it's hard to come back racing now, especially with the level of the girl. I think everybody now, it's really train hard, work hard with our team, do a lot of testing and stuff like this. So, yeah, I think it's not easy to come back now, but I think it would be really interesting to see Rachel racing again. I think she could be really she could be really good again. Do you think a little bit of the ladies do want to maybe beat her once she's back fit and something like that? Is that can that be part of it as well? I don't know, maybe, but uh, I think now the level it's more like 
every, everybody is more involved in their training and stuff like this. So I think now the level is a bit higher than before. So I don't know, maybe she can win, maybe not. We don't know. Maybe one race, maybe one race is Russia. Maybe every race is different winner this year. So it's really interesting to see the race. And you said uh, more serious and training. You um, do some data acquisition. That's the telemetry on the bike that some of the fans have maybe seen. I know you have a bike. You do some practice. How involved are you in that? Or do you leave that a lot up to your mechanic, Paul, and the team? What Do you enjoy it? Do you get involved? Do you understand it? Like What, what uh, role do you as the rider play in that one? Yeah, I really like for my for my side. I really like to be involved in this kind of thing. I work a lot with Paul, my mechanic, to to try to have the best bike, and also with Patrice, my team manager. He's, he have a good vision of the of the data acquisition and stuff like this. So we try to work all together. I I give them some feedback, and after they check the the data acquisition, and they said me, "Oh, okay, you have a good feedback," or maybe, "What do you think about?" Uh, about this or that, and depending, yeah, we discuss a lot and try to work all together on it. So what are you looking for, or what can you help me understand? What are you guys seeing? What are you? What's like the main few things that after, say, a day of practice with the data acquisition bike? Of course, that depends on the track, and the most important part is to find a good balance on the bike before the, the front and the rear. But after, depending, sometimes we just try to keep a bike stronger to keep more speed. Sometimes we try to have a more comfortable bike, depending on the track. Yeah, that's an interesting balance, hey, because a firm bike and a balanced bike is very quick, like on the motorway at Leo Gang. But then now it's steep and you need grip. So it's like a fine balance. So a little bit of your input and then... You're saying Patrice, uh, the Scott team manager, and Paul might give you a suggestion, say how we think this can work. Do you want to try it? Yeah, sometimes you give me a suggestion or to try some stuff with uh, what is here on the data acquisition. But sometimes I said to him, oh, I want to try that. What do you think about it? And do you think it's a good idea or I go in the wrong direction or not? So I think it's important to have a good discussion and also have a many discussion with Paul about that, about my feeling and and what is and what he's thinking about my feeling and, and the bike setting. Do you ever think uh, there's sometimes too much information? Yes, yeah, sometimes you feel like oh, I'm totally lost. I have too much information. I have too much stuff to to try. So yeah, it's not easy to find the good the good uh, setting on your bike so what do you do do you blame paul you say, it's too much information i'm just gonna go right like what what do you do oh policy for thinking uh, for me so <laughs> sometimes i just ask him so yeah do what you think it's good for me on my bike and i will try and after i will send you what i think about it <laughs> oh that's quite a cool relationship i like that giving giving it over to him if you trust him Say, I yeah, can't I, make a decision now. You make the decision. That's good. You need to minimize the decisions <laughs> in a race week. Yes, of course, because we don't have many time to choose which setting, which tire, all the stuff we need. So, yes, I really, I have a lot of trust in Paul. So sometimes I just said to him, okay, <laughs> I follow you. 
Yeah, speaking of decisions, are you a rider that has lucky goggles for the race or makes a decision before the race? Okay, these are my goggles for this race or they were lucky two races ago, they're still lucky. Like, what are you superstitious at all? I'm not like superstitious, but I really like to have uh, some clean goggles. Nobody can touch my goggles before the race. Paul gave me my, my goggles, but they are already on the little pocket too. And I clean it myself. So yeah, I think the goggle, it's really an important thing for the, for the rider because it's a thing where you can see everything on the track. So they really need to be, <laughs> it's maybe a bit uh, a superstition for me. <laughs> no, I was the same. Even my brother <laughs> used to race. I wouldn't allow him to touch the goggles because, you know, the fingerprint on the inside of the lens will just drive me mad. So I'm the same. I take my goggles to the top or at least put them in a bag. They're always in the white cover till last minute and I touch them and that's it. Even though, yeah. I, you know, I could have... I could teach someone how I like it, but for me, it was, I was the same with the goggle. There's a, they have to, a race goggle didn't have to be brand new, but it was not used in practice and nice, nice foam. And then I hadn't used it that day or race. So it was nice and fresh. I'm actually the same. And then a new lens normally for race, yeah, brand new, brand new lens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then we're pretty. That's funny. We're pretty similar, but Brendan is the opposite. I'm like, give me your goggles. He lets me because I'm probably more uh, serious about goggles than him. So I'll probably make them neater than than he would. So he lets me do the goggles. Yeah, the mud yeah. races are the worst. So roll-offs yeah, or tear-offs for you? Which one do you like? Depending. Sometimes if it's a lot of rain, it's more roll-off, and if it's just rain a little bit, it's more tear-off. Yeah. I hate Fort William. You want tear offs because you get better vision, but if the water gets in between the tear off and the the thing, yeah, it's always a complicated choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people at home must be like, Jesus, just a pair of goggles. Why are we talking for five <laughs> minutes about goggles? What about yeah. color? I mean, color is important as well, or not for you? Mm, a little bit, but not especially. Okay, so you're not like one of the ladies that needs pink or purple or it needs to match your kit or not No, we have important. a really lot of nice, uh, nice goggles with, with Scott, so they are all nice, so it's not especially, oh, you will take this one, depending sometimes. Ah, uh, that's funny. That's very funny. Now, I have to obviously ask, I need to understand, a 2020 season is when you won the overall. But it didn't start very good for everyone with the pandemic and the delayed races. What was your attitude coming into the season? Yes, at the beginning, it was really complicated because we don't know when the season will be started because we are, we are on, the, on the quarantine at home, we are closed, we, are, we can do nothing. And especially in France, because we are stuck at home, nobody, nobody was able to go outside. So it was really complicated to stay home and train. We can do only some little gym sesh or some home trainer or stuff like this. So it was a bit complicated to stay motivated and, and train a lot. So yeah, I just decided to, okay, I will, it's like that. So we don't have choice and I will train. My brother was at home also, so we can train a bit together. So that was cool. And yeah, after when the season started, it was like, okay, finally, I think we are 
all happy to be back outside and travel again. So I think it was a really good motivation. And did you at any stage feel like you were falling behind uh, maybe other riders that had like less severe lockdown or big yards to ride in? I don't know. You know, I would think people living in Wales could sneak out and do do some riding. So was that ever a thought process or, or a sort of a, a challenge for you? Yes, I think it was a bit a challenge because, yes, nobody has the same lockdown. So... It was a bit complicated when you were in France and see the other guy riding and you would stuck at them. But it was like this. We don't have choice, so we need to do with that. Yeah, and then uh, the racing kind of gets told, well, the race series is back on, right? Different style of racing and two races at one venue. Yeah, talk a little bit about the, about the season. I mean, it's an incredible season to to remember um, and you clearly came out ready, firing, and and were on top form. Yes, of course, it was a bit complicated because it was a new new type of races with two races in a week. That was really physically complicated because it was really intense. But yeah, I, f- I feel really good on my bike because the year just before, I win the last three World Cup. So I... I was in a good mood and I said, okay, I win next year, so I can win again this year. And I win the first World Cup of the year, so it was a really good start for me. So I said, okay, I don't ride a lot, but I, I'm good on my bike and I have always this good uh, position. So yeah, I just enjoy the races every time because I was back outside. I can ride my bike and just enjoy yeah, that's so cool. But then, I mean, the pressure must have started building when uh, you're coming to the, the last race and you can win the title. I mean, you won that race as well. But, it, yeah, it didn't seem like you rode defensively. It just seemed like you rode attacking. That's what, what it looked like to me. So, uh, but, I mean, let's let's slow it down a little bit. I mean, yeah. it must be on top of your mind. Uh, is the team... You know, what's the tension like in the team? Are you trying not to talk about the overall or are you you're talking about the overall? Like, let's slow it down to understand before leading into the last race of the season and you have a shot at this overall. I mean, as a, it's a dream as a kid. Yeah, it's always complicated when you arrive like a leader because you also want to, everybody want to, to beat you. So <laughs> it's not easy to be on this position when you arrive on the last race of the season. But yeah, sometimes we talk a little, a bit of that on the on the team during the dinner or stuff like this. Everybody tell me, oh, you need to win, Marine. So I try to tell them, okay, uh, don't worry, uh, don't don't talk too much too much about that. It, we will see after the race. <laughs> but yeah, it's not easy, and uh, I think that we are really close with Miriam on the point this year. So it was really complicated because I think she wins the the quali. And she was in front of me on the point just after the quali. And on finals, I need to win the race to be in front of her and to win the, the title. So it was really tight and really complicated to stay focused and don't be, don't be perturbed by the other stuff. Yeah, so maybe you had a little, I mean, nothing to lose in a sense because you had to win the race and there's only one way to win a race and that's go as fast as you can. You know, you can't ride tight or hold back. 
So you can just maybe attack, you know, the whole way down. Maybe that, yes. free, maybe that freed you up a little bit. Yes, of course, because I have nothing to lose, and I just said, okay, it's now, and I need to run as fast as I can, and after we will see if it's if it's enough or not. And then it was. What if I mean? Yeah. Childhood dream come true at a very young age in, in your downhill career. Yes, of course. And yeah, I really need So it was totally amazing. When I crossed the line, it was again Danny or, or two people after me. And it was like, okay, phew, I need to win this race to win. So nobody will beat me. So, And I, I did it. It was just crazy to be on the hot seat and just waiting the end of the race to, to see <laughs> Did you get to celebrate? Because it was kind of in the weird pandemic time of of your guys' uh, life. So what could you even celebrate? Yeah, we just celebrate with the team only because it was a bit complicated. We have no spectator allowed on the track, nobody. So it was really a complicated period. So, uh, But yeah, we just celebrate with the team and the family. So it was cool. And the team, uh, I've I've been lucky enough to be around the team, and you've been uh, with Patrice for a long time now. Can you speak a bit about that that team and the sort of family environment, and and also maybe Patrice's passion for the sport? Yes, of course, the, the Scott Dash Factory team. I think it's really like a second family for me. I work with Patrice since a super long time now. It's maybe around ten years now. So it's really amazing for me to have, to have Patrice on my side because he's really do everything for me. And if I need something, he will give everything. He's really passionate and give everything to help us to perform. And yeah, he just wants to, to have us on the top and they give him to us everything he could. Yeah, I've noticed that with Patrice. He seems so selfless. He'll do anything you know, he's not worried even about himself. So whatever's best for the riders, the team, and keeping everyone happy, which is which is not easy. You know, it's, it really isn't easy with so many people and from different countries in a, in in one team environment. Yes, of course, it's always complicated to manage everybody and to give everyone what you need. But yeah, Patrista tried to see to to do that with all the riders and the team and all the staff. So. I think it's good and we have really like a family atmosphere. So I think it's an important thing for me. So are you allowed to say who your favorite teammate is? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I love all my, team, all my teammates. They are really like a, like a family for me. You've got the most interest, some of the most, well, there's many interesting people on the circuit, but as far as like a wide variety from flow from Reunion Island to Dean, the crazy Aussie, and then, you know, Be Brendan is just his own unique bike rider that's still racing a bit, and then obviously Dylan, who's very professional and and reminds me of like Nico and and stuff like that, and then we have you is kind of the professional but in the middle of having fun, and you've got yeah, come to think of it, of everyone is so so unique on that team. Yeah, for sure. Everybody is different, and I think it's good to be to be inspired by everyone. Take a little bit of each rider and be your own stuff. So yeah, I think it's interesting to to have some people really different about the the races and to manage the, the race. So it's good to inspire by others. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, it's a bummer topic, but we've mentioned before how you put a smile on and you've come back from a few harsh injuries in the last two, three years and you had you know, a back injury before this 2022 season started. Come back from that, you're finding your speed, seems like finding your confidence and then just like that you had what was a really horrific crash uh, in, in Leo Gang. Uh, scared a lot of people. Um, you've bounced back from it. You're recovering. But talk about your mental side and your approach to these injuries. Yes, of course. After my injury at Logan, the first two weeks was really complicated for me, especially in my head, because, oh, I crash again. I'm, I'm injured again. And it was really complicated because, oh, it's three injuries in a row. And fuck, uh, what I can do, what I do bad, what? It's really complicated to manage everything with an injury. And yeah, after I just turned the page, I said, okay, now I don't have choice. I'm injured, so I need to take time to recover. And it's like this, we don't have choice. So, But did you make, but you had to make that decision, like you were pretty down and doubting a lot of stuff and feeling shit. And then you said, well, did you like sort of tell yourself, I don't have a, I don't have a choice. I, I can't change that I'm injured. Is that like a sort of a conversation you have with yourself or does it naturally happen over the days and weeks? Yeah, over the days and weeks, uh, I try to to don't think about my injury and just enjoy to be back home. And yeah, it was a bit complicated because when you injure, you can do nothing, especially on with the back. It's complicated because you can... You can do absolutely nothing. So yeah, after weeks and days, I start to feel a bit better. And so I just said, and in my head, it was a bit a, yeah, a discussion with myself and said, okay, turn the page and just enjoy the life. And it's just one more, yeah, I, I, I'm i still young and I will have more races to come. So. And what is, a, with this back injury, you know, you fractured vertebrae. So what does the doctor say? I mean, he says... You can walk and do things, but you have to be very safe and and not do anything crazy. Like, what is the recovery process like for a back injury like that? At the beginning, it's super long because I go see the doctor and they give me a corset. I give the, I keep the corset during one month and a half, so it was super long because I can do nothing, can move, I can just walk. It was the only thing I can do, but. Yeah, it was super long at the beginning, and now it's a bit better. I don't have, I don't need the corset anymore, so I can just start to do some little move and start the re-education in the swimming pool and stuff like this, so it starts to be a bit better. And the pain from, like, the day you crashed? What's the pain like for a back injury like that? The pain at the beginning was really horrible. The first night I, I can't sleep because that was, I have a lot of pain and stuff like this. But now it's okay. I sleep well. I, when I sit or don't move too much, I don't have pain. I have just pain when I try to move or turn too much. But now it's okay. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, downhill. <laughs> People like to look at it from the outside and say it is a crazy sport, but probably jealous of what everyone does. But you're, you know, a prime example that you know accidents do and and will happen i think and we're seeing a little bit more in the sport the riders like you said the level's going up the speed is going up and so thus the crashes yes i think we see more injuries last year especially with all the concussion and the heat with all the rider crashes so i think yeah the truck are faster 
the speed is higher, so I think yeah, it's a bit more dangerous. Would you change anything in, in downhill? I don't know if we need to change some stuff, but maybe doing some more technical track and not especially some super fast track. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, maybe depending what the section looks like, it can be fast, but you need to build it safe and, and, yeah. and depends where. Yeah, like Andorra looked looked quite quite crazy, pretty aggressive. There was probably places there that could have been safer. You were there. Yes, true. You were there with your carbon back protector ready to go what what was it what was that like watching that track from the side not racing it was the first time for me watching a race from the side but yeah it's a bit complicated at the beginning because with you see everyone riding and oh you want to ride so it's a bit complicated to be on the side but i think it's also interesting to see from the other side how the other riders are walking during the, the race week so it was interesting to see from the other side. So I watched, I think I flatted in Fort William one year in Quali, so I didn't race. And I went up for practice. And part of me was shocked at the speed. But then you have to realize, well, I mean, looking at the number board, I'm probably ahead of that guy. So I'm going that fast or ahead of him. So we're in the beginning where you're like, oh my goodness, they're going so fast. This is quite scary. And then do you realize, oh, okay, well, I'm going that fast. They're not doing anything special. You know, maybe they're just carrying a little bit more speed in that section. Like, did you learn something from it as well, from watching? Yes, of course, because you see the speed growing run after run. And yeah, you said, oh, they are super fast. They are totally crazy from the side. But yeah, when normally you ride, you don't realize uh, so much and especially the evolution of the track also because at the beginning it's really brand new especially in Andorra because it was a new track and after few runs the like the track was totally destroyed and you said oh fuck I don't realize the track was so destroyed when I ride normally so that's crazy right yeah definitely and uh who now that you're out of the overall who do you have for winning the the overall in, in the women's category? I think Camille is really strong this year and she's really consistent on every race. So I, I think she's on a really good mood to to go for the overall. Yeah, we can sit here and do a bit of bench racing. So I do episode after, after each podcast. I'm not sure when this one will drop, but I would assume snowshoes happened and Mounts and Anne would have happened. So... Give me your uh, predictions. And snowshoe, we know, is going to be very wet and slippery. So that's tough. And then Mounts and Anne will be more consistent, whether it's wet wet or dry. So how about some fun predictions? Uh, I think for snowshoe, I think I feel good on Valley because she wins uh, the race in Andorra. She wins already in snowshoe last year. So I think she can be really good on this track. And for Monsantan, I think Pompon can be really fast here. She, It's really the type of track where Pompon is really fast. Yeah, I think those are really good predictions. I might use them. I might use them <laughs> and say you helped me with them. But we'll see uh, in hindsight how close you were on those sort of predictions. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> super fun. I look forward to the racing. Is it... Do you tune in live? Do you just watch the replay? Like, 
what sort of a race fan are you? Is it or is it too just so tough to watch when you can't be there? Yeah, it's it's hard to watch the races, but yeah, I try to to see the race in live on Red Bull TV and just yeah, try to to see the race and it's always exciting and I always want to know the results, so yeah, I see it in live. And then do you go? Oh, I think I would have been there or there. Like, do you? What does that look like? Do you have a conversation with yourself? Oh, I think I got <laughs> second or third, maybe one there. Yeah, depending sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> sometimes you said, "Oh, it was a good race. Everybody rides fast." Or you said, "Oh, she make a lot of mistake. Maybe I can beat her." <laughs> depending sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't, I don't get to do any of that anymore. I'm just very impressed with everyone's riding and how professional everyone and the training as well. Like you said, that's changed a lot, and you take a lot of pride in your training. What does a training week look like? Because I don't think people understand this on, on how much work goes in and the variety. Okay, so away from an injury, like a normal yeah. good preseason training week for you, what do you like to achieve? What does it look like? What are you doing? On a normal training week during the preseason, normally we I ride a lot on my road bike, maybe three or four times a week. I still also go to the gym at least two times or, or three times. And we ride also a lot in bear mix or pump track and stuff like this. It's really good to ride. And also I ride with my Andro bike or e-bike, depending sometimes. And during the weekend, we try to ride on the downhill bike also. Uh, yay or nay for e-bikes? Love it? Hate it? Just use it because it's there? It. <laughs> you love I it? I love it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I think the e-bike, it's a really good training because the bike is heavy. It's... It's really interesting because you can climb some stuff you never climb with a classic bike, and it's a bit like a like a defi to to climb some some really high technical thing. And after when you go down, it's really interesting because like the bike is heavy, it's hard to ride sometimes. So when after after when you come back out on your downhill bike, you feel like oh my bike is so light, it's easy to ride, it's just so easy, everything is more easy. So I think it's a good it's a good training. That's interesting. I did think it is a good training tool used correctly. You know, you don't want to use it every day and maybe not be as fit. Although uh, there have been some uh, e-bike races that said, no, their power is as good as it's ever been. So they're able to train well on it, even though they ride e-bikes mostly. But yeah, the downhill aspect and the heaviness. I mean, if you have a good day on an e-bike, your arms are quite sore, like you're in the gym or on a motorbike. Yeah, of course. I love also ride a lot in motorbike. It's pretty cool to, to have a good training. Do you ride enduro or motocross tracks? More enduro. Really? In the woods? Like single tracks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have a lot of places to ride that at home in my city in Mio. So it's pretty cool to ride. Oh, wicked. What um, What's your bike of choice? Two-stroke, four-stroke? Yeah, I have a two-stroke. Really? No yeah. way. <laughs> but it's only a 125. Yeah, one two five. That's yeah. awesome. What is it? Yeah. What makes? Ah, it's good. It's an Exana, and it's super cool. I really love it. Oh, that's so cool. So <laughs> that's probably one of your training tools, but a hobby as well, away from racing. Yes, of course. Especially during the winter, I spend a lot of time on my motorbike, and I think it's really good to for the harm and and everything. Have you entered an enduro race on a motorbike? No, no, not yet. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, do you want to? 
Maybe one day, I don't know for the moment. <laughs> Will Patrice allow you or your trainer allow you to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll be so good, you'll retire from downhill and go to enduro motocross. Maybe, or just maybe just do a little local races close to my home. I don't know yet. We will see. I think that's incredible for downhill. Like the speed that you're going at with the trees and your reaction and then the weight for training. I think enduro, motocross is really good as well. But I would yes, I argue it, that enduro is better. Yes, I think it's good because you have a lot of speed and stuff like this. And especially for the arm and the end, I think it's a good training because it's really heavy. And yeah, after when you come back on the bike, everything gets more easier. Okay. What, apart from motorbikes, which is kind of similar to downhill, similar-ish, you know, it's quite an adrenaline sport. What, what does Marine do when she's not riding to have fun, switch off? What does it, what does that look like? <sighs> Depending, I ride. I love riding everything, like my bike, my motorbike. I just love riding. So, <laughs> so if you're not riding, we can find you riding bicycles or motorbikes. <laughs> yeah, I also especially love some all the outdoor sport I can do at home. We can do some lot of climbing or some like uh, via ferrata. I don't know if you know what this is. No, but explain. Explain like what you some, do. It's a bit like a climbing, but on the rocks, and you can do a circuit on the rocks, and it's cool. It's is that with and... with rope, like a safety rope? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so with rope. Yeah, you have some cable, and you attach all the long of the of the circuit, and it's it's funny. <laughs> Amazing, I've I've been rock climbing. I'm scared of heights. Are you not scared of heights? No. <laughs> sure, I I went um, rock climbing and. Uh, it's kind of cool, but when you get to the top, you've got to come down, and then you start looking down. So, no, it's, that's not a not really a sport for me. I've decided I'm I'm scared <laughs> of heights. I like it. <laughs> and um, is it true you're still studying on the side? Is that something you have done, do do or? Uh, I finished my my studies last year. I have I have oh, really? master degrees. Yeah, I master's I degree. Master yeah sure wow that's yeah. impressive <laughs> and what did you major in what was the the the, the masters or the course it was a, a master degree in marketing so it's i think it's good for me for the future and uh, now i can just ride bikes so it's it's perfect when did you fit that in like what time of the year would you study or work on it it was a bit complicated with the race season, but I found a special school where it's adapted for the for the sports, and I did it by e-learning. So I did it a bit when I when I have time or during the travel or or something like this. Oh, that's awesome! So you do do a bit during the race season, and then also maybe quite a lot in the off season. Yeah, it's more on the off season to September from june so it was okay for the races on and when i was on the races i can do nothing for a week and i just need to do it the week before the week after so it was a bit i do it a bit like i want so it was good for me Shit, that's cool so that's something maybe when the racing is finished you can use maybe in the industry mm, yeah maybe we will see later i don't know for the moment i don't have any idea 
but yeah maybe i think it could be cool and interesting for me and if you weren't a professional downhiller have you ever thought about what you would be doing I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I don't have a special idea and, do it and said, oh, I want to do this. I don't really know. I don't really about thinking about the special work. Well, it sounds like you've got the brains as well. So you might have been able to use your, your degree. And do you like fast cars? I know Tracy likes her cars. Do you like cars? Because you seem a little bit like an adrenaline junkie as well. Uh, not too much. I'm not really uh, interested by cars. Because <laughs> a few of the French male riders are like rally and are quite good of good at that. I was wondering if we're going to see the first lady downhiller do rally or or anything like that. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So there were some questions, but shit, we've covered so many. Um, I don't know if anyone replied to your story, but. They were asking if you've got a special diet for recovery for your back. But I think that's fair to ask in general, you know, how much are you focusing on the diet during recovery? And then maybe, yeah, part of the sport as well. Yeah, I try to eating well, don't eating too much bad thing. But sometimes you just want to eat some, some good stuff you really like. So, yeah, I try to eating well, but not too much. It's just, yeah. Okay, what, is, bit, what does bad stuff look for you as an athlete? <laughs> is that like one scoop of ice cream or like a pack of uh, yeah, or cookies? Like, uh, yeah, like yeah, stuff like this, especially sugar, because I really love sugar and it's hard to <laughs> don't too. eat sugar, <laughs> like a chocolate waffle or, or crepes or stuff like this. But yeah, I try to don't eat too much sugar and try to eat well, but sometimes I just do some little think <laughs> so how good does your result have to be to have a chocolate waffle oh i think it's good because you you feel so happy to, to eating it so sometimes i think it's also good to eat some bad stuff because if you're too focused and always eating well and perfectly you feel like a bit boring <laughs> yeah you can drive yourself mad so you need a, a cheat day so yeah. maybe if you have a bad race you also have one to help you feel yeah. good. <laughs> especially especially the day after the race, you always want to have a, <laughs> bad, a bad eating day. <laughs> well, that's better than a bad drinking day because that's what Steve yeah. Pete used to do. He would win or yeah. you know, win or lose, he's going to celebrate. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Um, wine. Do you enjoy wine in moderation as a, as a French lady? I'm not super fan, super fan of wine. I don't drink so much wine. No. What is that no. other liquor that the French drink? Oh, what is it called? It tastes like licorice. What is it called? Now, yeah, well, that shows that you're not celebrating too much and you're celebrating with waffles. I think Loic tried to <laughs> give it to me or his team. Or <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was Patrice. Oh, maybe always... it's uh, Ricard, no? Yeah, I think so. What is it called? <laughs> Ricard. Ah, tastes like maybe. licorice. Is it that one? Yeah, like... And you drink like it with a... water and you mix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's typical French, but I it don't It is really French, like right? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like it either, but I think maybe some of the French are born to, to get used to it. No, that's not for me. 
Yeah, not for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is um when when do you think you'll be back riding, or is this season kind of not going to happen because of the severity of the the injury? Yeah, I don't know yet when I could be back. For the moment, it just I just start to be back at the gym and doing some slowly move, but. Nothing special yet. Only on, I working only on my leg for the moment, but I don't know yet when I could be back, and I don't know if I could race again this year or if I will wait for twenty twenty three. Yeah, that is a tough one. Hey, you, as a racer, you don't want to miss races, but you have to without him. If you take the emotion out, there's so many races and years left. So to rush back after a big injury. It's probably one of the biggest challenges for you now is to decide when to come back. Yes, of course, it's always complicated because when you're a racer, you want to race so and you want to be back faster. But actually, especially with a back injury, it's really complicated because you don't really have place for mistake. And if I crash again on my bike, that could be really, really important. So... I think I really need to take time to come back, and I don't know if I if I will be able to race again this year. Yeah, that is so so tough. But uh, I think you've got a great attitude towards it, and such a long career still. And where is it always been like that? Where has this attitude come? Have you worked on it? Have you always been sort of luckily naturally positive about these scenarios? Yeah, I try a bit to work on it and just try to be positive and we will see. Yeah, I have again a long career, I think. I'm, I'm, I have only 25, so I'm again young, so I think I can have more season to come. And do you think your parents sort of uh, helped you with that when they were raising you as, as kids and teenagers, you and your brother, with this attitude? Yes, of course, my parents help us a lot, me and my brother, on on everything so yeah they are always present to help you especially when we injure and to keep us motivating and to say okay you will don't worry you will be back one day take your time don't be take your time just you are you are time you are you have time to come back so you just have to take time and be back uh, think about your heel your head in, in first in first thing yeah, they seem very passionate about it. They enjoy coming to the races. It's cool seeing them there. Um, do you like that part of it, being able to share the experience with them? Because I would assume that, I mean, they supported you hugely getting to this point. Yes, of course, it's always a pleasure to have my parents and my family come at the race and, and just seeing the race. They, are, they really like it now. They are really passionate by the race now. So it's funny to see it on the side of the track, really motivated by the race and always, exci always exciting. So it's cool to have uh, to have them on my side do you notice that they show stress say if you've qualified well or before the race do they act differently or can you see they're nervous or do they not come around the pits like what do you notice from them yeah sometimes i see they are a bit nervous i think especially my mother because she's always a bit stressful and she have a She's also scared about the crash, if I can crash or if I can, something can happen to me. So, yes, I think she, they are always a bit stressful when I'm racing. So, but it's funny to see also. Yeah, I was always amazed. My poor mom, she, she had two boys racing and your parents as well. I had two 
two children <laughs> racing and and for sure they obviously just want safety first you know yeah must be so tough but you know most of the time it's going pretty well and they're still stressing you know yes of course well um I, I don't want to keep you too long. I think it's been so awesome that you are happy to come on and your your English is incredible. I, I think uh, it takes a lot of courage to speak in not your first language. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate that. And I, want, I hope the fans can send you a message of get well. Let's, let's get out there and, and get behind Marine to come back even stronger because you have a habit of doing that. Come back even stronger and if you will what about some like parting words to the next generation be it ladies or 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 youngsters what what sort of advice would you give them i think they just need to enjoy the the ride and have fun on your on your bike and just yeah enjoy the ride and the life oh well there you go i think that's incredible advice and trust me She's not just preaching. This is how she is. There's always a smile on her face, whether <laughs> not a great race or, or a great race. I think that's awesome. So, Maureen, thank you so much. Thanks to the Scott Factory Downhill team that lets me come to some of the races and, and get to know you guys more. So uh, I feel very privileged. So thanks so much. Thanks to you. It was a pleasure to be to be here with you. And sorry for my English is not perfect sometimes. <laughs> no, it is perfect for us. We are honored to have you share your experience. So guys, thanks so much. This was Moving the Needle podcast. You know what to do. If you enjoyed it or got value, why don't you share it with a friend? Share it with someone that can get inspired from Marine that is coming back from injury time after time and shaking up the world of downhill. Like, subscribe. You know exactly what to do to try support. So until the next one, enjoy. Shout out to Scott Sports, a longtime partner of mine and supporter of the podcast for making this episode possible. Obviously, as a sponsored athlete, I only have good things to say about the product. But if there's one product I'd push regardless, it would be the Scott Stego Plus helmet. I spent a lot of time on many different bikes, from riding trail to enduro to the occasional XC rip. What's cool is having a helmet that works in all those situations. And for me, the Scott Stego Plus is just that. Fit is great, looks super good, and keeps me safe on the variety of terrain that I do ride. 